I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as the Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. This is our final episode of 2021. And Ooh. yeah, the it's final been a year. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a year. It's been quite a few years, honestly. Several, several years in one, which is kind of leading us into into our topic for today. Yeah, so uh, we just, we were wondering what, uh, how are we gonna close out 2021 on the show? So we decided to ask uh, some of our listeners and some of our friends, what from Disney was the thing that made you, but got you, that you were the most excited about this year? And since a certain webhead is not on Disney Plus at the moment, <laughs> we are we are going with Loki. I believe this is the first of the Disney Plus Marvel shows that we're actually going to be talking about on the show. They dropped several Marvel shows over the course of this year, uh, expanding the MCU onto Disney Plus. Of course, they had done it before with Netflix. Yeah, the Netflix shows and the TV shows, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, uh, yeah. and Humans. Yeah, we have talked about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before, yeah. of course. As far as the kind of Marvel Studios themselves producing um, all on their own. Yeah, they made a big deal out of these shows will directly affect the movies. Yeah, and... everything else had to be within the continuity of the MCU, but the shows themselves didn't impact the MCU back. Um, which we talked about in our S.H.I.E.L.D. episode became a problem for uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, the writers, the Marvel Studios were not telling the people who wrote S.H.I.E.L.D. what was going to happen in the movie. So they kind of had to fly by the seat of their pants. And um, when and at one point, uh, some of the movies got delayed. Yeah. And... They had to delay some things in the TV show. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. had been building to the Hydra reveal to tie in with the MCU. And then Winter Soldier got delayed in its release. And S.H.I.E.L.D. had to go on hiatus unexpectedly. <laughs> they had to stall. <laughs> because they didn't know what do because they couldn't reveal the Hydra reveal before the movie revealed the Hydra reveal and oops. <laughs> and then and uh, Infinity War happened and then nobody told the producers of S.H.I.E.L.D. oh we're going to do a five year time jump. Yeah and so then they had to send everybody in S.H.I.E.L.D. to uh, the distant future or <laughs> and then the distant past <laughs> and then the distant past and then the yeah um so 
they kind of solved that problem now by saying, well, we want to do more TV shows. So we're just going to do our own TV shows uh, with Blackjack and hookers and put them on Disney plus just a fair warning. Now Loki deals with so much of the history of the MCU that basically you can expect spoilers for pretty much everything that came before Loki in the timeline. Uh, So pretty much (laughs) everything up uh, except for like Shang-Chi Eternals and the new Spider-Man movie. So basically if you're not caught up with the MCU minus those three things, spoilers for all that stuff. Let's let's go ahead and just kind of fully get into the the premise of the the Loki series because we've we've already been introduced to the multiverse at several points in the MCU by the time we get to the Loki series. It's already been established because Doctor Strange, honestly, yeah. Well, Doctor Strange kind of gave it to us first. This universe is only one of an infinite number. And then the Ancient One brings it back in-game. The Infinity Stones create what you experience as the flow of time. Remove one of the stones, and that flow splits. Then WandaVision introduces the concept of the Nexus. Ask your doctor about Nexus, a unique antidepressant that works to anchor you back to your reality or the reality of your choice. Then Loki gets more into that, which is, you know, the concept of the TVA, this, the, the Time Variance Authority this weird bureaucracy that exists outside of all of these time streams that will dictate the proper flow of the sacred timeline, the one continuity of the universe. Maybe you started an uprising or were just late for work. Whatever it was, stepping off your path created a nexus event, which left unchecked could branch off into madness lead into another multiversal war but you know so so they they will they will come and they will erase that that timeline and send it to the void at the end of the universe and all that kind of stuff that's what we see happen to the the loki that escapes in that bit in endgame yep we start the show right back at that moment in Avengers Endgame where thanks to the Hulk so many stars we end up with Loki with the Tesseract the Space Stone which he was how, never supposed to get <laughs> how much of the MCU happens because Tony Stark is an absolute bag of Richards <laughs> yeah. like just let the Hulk on the elevator come on <laughs> um so here's but, here's the thing. I want to talk about how we got here with Loki. There is all this talk in the Loki series about what makes a Loki a Loki. It's the fact that Lokis don't die. It's the running joke of the Loki series that you get to you, the void at the end of the universe. And the only thing there 
is Our just Loki. Loki upon Loki upon. It's the one thing you can't kill is a Loki, okay? Cockroaches and Lokis. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is actually a real world meta joke. Because the MCU and Feige and Tom Hiddleston and the writers and, you know, they've actually tried to kill Loki. Well, we first get the first (laughs) death of Loki back in the first Thor movie. That one was never intended to be a true death. That's the only time Loki was intended to survive as far as the story was concerned because he had to make it to the avengers because he had to make it to the avengers that was the only time loki's death was intended to be a fake out so back in thor loki is on the rainbow bridge i could have done it father for you for all of us no loki He falls into the the black void of space, never to be seen again until the Avengers. Loki was always intended to return for the Avengers. That was always planned. If, If they ever made it to the Avengers, Loki was intended to be the villain. So the plan was that at the end of Avengers, he's taken away in chains and he shows back up for Thor 2. The original plan was that Loki causes the death of Frigga accidentally, and he redeems himself by going on this quest, you know, to save Jane, and he sacrifices himself. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'll tell Father what you did here today. I didn't do it for him. And he dies on this planet at the hands of the Dark Elves. They film that scene loki dies hiddleston gets up he hugs it out with hemsworth he hugs the crew hugs the director they all have a little cry he says a little speech he takes off the horns he goes home and that's it that they had planned for that to be the death of loki you know he goes out in a blaze of glory he redeems himself he has his little moment with thor then came they showed it to the test audience like you do when you're doing a movie like this. And when they they got the feedback from the test audience, the test audience said, okay, but how does Loki get out of that situation? And the people running the screening said, no, 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 that's that's it. He's he's dead. That's that's the death of Loki. That's and the audience went like yeah, but no, really, though, like, where's the end credit scene or the whatever? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, 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 that's that's it. That's that Loki. Loki's dead. That's bye. Bye bye, Loki. Like that's and the audience would not accept it. And so they had to call Hiddleston and be like, um, so we need you for some reshoots. <laughs> And they had to rewrite that whole thing at the end where Loki shows up and is sitting on the throne and is revealed to be alive and has taken over for Odin. Which leads into that bit in Ragnarok. None of that was ever planned. 
Loki will make it through that one and into Infinity War. And then they decide that, okay, in Infinity War, he is going to be killed by Thanos to prove the power of Thanos. No resurrections this time. So, once again, film the death scene, and he hugs it out with Hemsworth, and he hugs it out with the director. He does a little speech to the crew, and Hiddleston hangs up the horns, and he says goodbye, and he goes home. And then they film Endgame, and they call him up, and they're like, so we need you for a scene. (laughs) Because it turns out that after Infinity War, the audience on the internet was like, So he's going to show up in Endgame, right? They went back and they said, well, if we're going to be traveling back and doing all this time travel stuff, let's actually show 2012 Loki. Okay. Also, this whole, it also, it shows there's consequences to time travel. Well, yeah, there, there's consequences. Besides Thanos getting, besides the Thanos thing, they had to show consequence of time travel. Yeah. And also kind of, I think, just to shut the fans up, um, they created this little thing where, look, Loki is out there somewhere. There's a Loki somewhere out there. Please shut up. (laughs) But then the problem becomes, okay, but where's Loki, though? (laughs) But since they were setting up the idea of the multiverse anyway, they thought, well, we've already got this hanging thread out there. Why don't we use that? Why don't we use our arguably one of our most popular characters to set up that idea? I mean, the idea of using popular characters to set up this TV show, it worked. I mean, let's, you know, Wanda and Vision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Hawkeye. Let's take these characters that the fans already know and get them used to watching these characters on a TV show. Now now we can introduce new characters, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. Originally, this was going to be a very different show. Uh, it was going to be slightly more Quantum Leap ish the idea that i had heard that here you have loki out there with the space stone and he's going to go from world to world time to time and then having adventures that way that was how the show was originally presented yeah and it was it was very much going to be that db cooper scene but that was going to mostly be the show that he was just going to goof off in time and space. <laughs> but now we get the TVA. This, they go into this direction of the sacred timeline. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, this this has a long history in the comics. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're pulling this out of nowhere. Yeah, Mobius himself is first introduced in the comics by arresting the Fantastic Four for altering the timeline. Mobius himself, you know, all of this TVA stuff is so meta. Mm-hmm. You know, the the idea of the sacred timeline and the one true continuity 
and the TVA itself. Um, even Mobius was designed to look like a guy who worked at Marvel uh, named uh, Mark Grunewald, who was the continuity expert at the time. <laughs> um, so he was the continuity guy. <laughs> And Marvel, who made sure that everything sort of made sense. Even the way Owen Wilson looks in in the show is still taken from that guy's look. Like, you can, you can look up pictures of him, and he has that kind of mustache and that kind of, you know. Yeah. The idea of this kind of bizarre, infinite bureaucracy that makes sure that everything runs in continuity is very i don't know it's very writerly you know we we get to he who remains and he literally has the script there were some people who suggested that um that this series you know when it kind of started the big bad of this series was basically going to end up being the audience Hmm. Like Marvel fans themselves. Because we're we're the you know, who who is the one that keeps dictating who Loki should be, who these characters should be? You know? The, the people paying those tickets, us. Yeah, who who dictates that Loki's gonna lose the fight, that the Avengers are gonna win, that, you know. That this is the way continuity must be. Well, it's us, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so that was a, a pretty interesting fan theory. It was kind of a meta series on characters trying to break free of audience expectations. Um, what if the villain of your story doesn't want to be the villain of your story anymore? Loki does at one point say that uh, the reason that he and Mobius get along is that Mobius himself is neither all good nor all bad. Um, as Sylvie points out, Mobius has been the one chasing her like a dog since her childhood. And as far as we can tell, we never exactly know what Sylvie's nexus event is they never fully spell it out but as far as we can tell sylvie's nexus event was she may have been born a woman and they wanted a male loki because every other loki we see is male that that is also kind of a meta joke because even then you know at the time we were there was talk of more women superheroes. Look at how all of the people getting up in arms over Captain Marvel. Uh, now, you know, people getting up in arms now over She-Hulk. We can't have a, a, a girl being the lead in our superhero movies. At yeah. least that's my take on it. But the interesting thing is, is that even in a series that technically revealed that Loki's sex and or gender is fluid which goes in hand with the mythology yeah and also in the comics as well so, yeah loki has been 
a man. He's been a woman. He has been young. He has been old. That uh, that the only thing we're told is different about Sylvie versus the other variants that were allowed to have much longer lives on their timeline is that she was born the goddess of mischief. Every other variant, we are told what their nexus... I mean, not every other variant, because there's a lot of unnamed Lokis that are... The main variants, I guess. You know, yeah, but, but all, the, all yep. the main variants are kind of... We're kind of given... Uh, presumably, President Loki became president of something. I kind of want to see a what-if of that. And have it lead to, like, we saw in one episode of What If, where Steve Rogers became the president. That would be an episode, like, Loki versus Steve Rogers in a presidential race. Yeah. Um, well, we did see in What If, like, what if Loki had just stayed a frost giant? You know, we do find out that, like, kid Loki killed Thor. And boastful Loki killed the Avengers. Boastful Loki killed all the Avengers and collected the Infinity Gauntlet. The, yeah. the Infinity Gauntlet, and apparently was worthy enough to wield the hammer because he's carrying it. Because he's carrying it, um, which is fascinating. Uh, so apparently, him carrying the hammer didn't break the time. Like, which of those things broke the timeline? You know. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> which which of those things exactly broke the timeline? Strangely, classic Loki would have been allowed to live as long as he never tried to make contact with Thor again. If he had just stayed on his little getaway planet and not interfered in any direction of the timeline, yeah, because nothing he did would have actually affected anything because he would have been alone. Yeah. That... But because he wanted to see his brother again... Well, there goes that. Yeah, because he wanted some form of connection. That's, I mean, that's sad. And then uh, Alligator Loki apparently just ate a cat. Yeah. Apparently that was a very important cat to the timeline. I don't know he why. Ate, he ate goose. <laughs> yeah, he might have eaten goose. We don't know. Um, I find it weird that it's okay for an alligator Loki to live a good life, but not a lady Loki. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I had so many questions on this rewatch because I, I, I don't know, but all right. L Loki is a shapeshifter, like just our regular Loki mm. is a shapeshifter. And um, I'm just going to go ahead. We've talked about this in, in our Thor rewatch. Slepnir exists in his reality why does the fact that there's an alligator Loki freak him out as much as it does? Why would he not just figure that's like a normal frost giant Loki who shapeshifted into an alligator and for some reason is just choosing to stay that way? Maybe he got stuck. Not he. he, he yeah, or or is just choosing to maintain that form the way I am choosing to maintain an Asgardian form. Yeah, I mean, but as you said, the uh, Odin's horse already existed, which means that part of the story already happened. Yeah. Um, also, we also get. I mean, not to derail this, but we also have another bit of uh, Norse mythology because we get a reference to Loki cutting off Sis' hair. 
Which also brings up a weird kind of continuity error, which is why is Sif not blonde in the MCU? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because presumably that is a memory from before we see them in the first Thor movie. And if so, then Sif should have been blonde for the entirety of the MCU continuity. Because that's the end of that story. For anybody who doesn't know Norse mythology, that is the end of that story. Um... Sif in Norse mythology is like Sif of the golden hair, meaning her hair is literally made out of gold. Loki cuts her hair and uh, it becomes such a thing among the gods of like, why did you cut Sif's hair? That Loki's like, okay, I'll make it better. I will literally give her hair made out of actual spun gold. And so he does. And then she becomes like Sif of the golden hair. Um, and it's like a really cool story. The other part of that story, though, is that there's one part in uh, a really interesting poem called the Locusena, in which Loki finally gets fed up with all the gods and calls them out on all of their shit, um, where he finally says, like, all the gods are philandering and constantly cheating on their spouses. And Sif, who is actually the wife of Thor in mythology, um, is like, uh, no, 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 I have never, ever cheated on my husband, and everybody knows it, I am absolutely faithful, and Loki says, uh, no, 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 sweetheart, I have hit that, and you absolutely know it, which probably explains how he got close enough to cut off her hair, <laughs> and the thing is, nobody ever responds to that, including Sif, and it's never mentioned again in any of the writings of Norse mythology. It's just kind of this thing that Loki drops out there like, no, sweetheart, you know we've done it. And she never, like, tries to kill him or anything. <laughs> like, Thor doesn't just show up with Mjolnir and, like, excuse me, what? You know? <laughs> it's you did what with my wife? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a thing. But apparently, like, it just... So... It's just left out there of, like, is Loki lying? Is, like, what? But, like, nobody calls him on that. Nobody calls him a liar on that front. It's just, like, Sif goes, no, no, no. I have been absolutely faithful. And Loki's like, no, no, no. I've hit that, sweetheart. And nothing. And then it moves on to an entirely different passage. <laughs> But it would explain the fact that he got close enough to cut her hair. Which so, you're also, saying, so you're saying Loki and Sif hooked up. Which also might explain how Loki got close enough to, <laughs> to cut Sif's hair off in the context of the MCU. Which also might explain how right after... Because in that scene, her, her thing is, you will always be alone. That's her thing to him. Not like, you tricked me and like, or what an awful prank or whatever. Her her thing to him is specifically, you deserve to be alone and you always will be. Like, it's a very personal, you know what I'm saying? 
So, this so seems to be a very intimate scene in which she specifically goes right for his nethers. So, 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 so let's put this out there. So, Loki seduces Sif. They do the deed. He cuts her hair as a prank, and then she is so distraught over this guy who said things to her that made her, that you know made her want to go to bed with Loki. And only for the whole thing to just end up being a brink to cut her hair. So, yeah. Kicking the nethers, you will always be alone. I buy it. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that if you go back and you watch the the, the movies, Thor yeah. and, and Dark World, Odin is mad trying to hook up Thor and Sif in those movies. I mean, seriously, especially in Dark World, there are a lot of, like, Sif staring longingly at Thor and being real pissed off that Jane is there. I always saw it as a reference to not only the myth, but the comics, because they were together in the comics as well. But yeah, so I kind of wonder if at some point, like, Sif was pining for Thor, maybe even Loki disguised himself as Thor. (laughs) I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past that Loki at that time. Yeah, exactly. Like like I said, and then he says in that scene to Moby, it's like, I remember this. I remember or or maybe he says it to himself, but he's like, I remember this. I went off and I took a bath and I had some wine and I forgot all about it. So uh it goes even... it goes along with what he says in the rest of the the series when he talks to Sylvie about love and hooking up and using love as a weapon he describes himself as hedonistic yeah so he might have you know he might have thought sif was hot he wanted to hook up with her she was into thor he was like well i can look like thor you know (laughs) like and he's always wanted to be thor yeah you know that's part of loki's deal is that he's always wanted to be seen in the same vein as Thor, you know, on the same level. Why not take on that guise for a bit and get the woman that wants Thor? And, you know, they just didn't follow through with the, you know, making Loki make up for his mistake, which is part of the Norse myths. And a oh. big thing was that we haven't seen Jamie Alexander as Sif since Dark World. Like, she didn't show up in Ragnarok. She didn't show up in any of the other well, films. Granted, we all know, we know why. She was filming Blind Spot at the time. She couldn't get away from the filming to do the movie. I get it. But still, the idea that here's this character that we haven't seen in years showing up in the show unannounced. And uncredited. Yes, uncredited. Yeah, to uh, repeatedly kick Loki in the nards, which was kind of hilarious. We do have the the whole introduction of, you know, once again, the, the superheroes in therapy, we, we did get the joke of, you and I joked privately before the the first episode of Loki dropped about whether or not my theory was going to hold true that all these series were going to be superheroes and therapy. And then the first episode dropped and it is 90% Loki and Mobius in a room together, speed running character development through talk therapy and 
film reels of Loki's greatest hits. Can we go for pause here for a minute and talk about the retro technology of the TVA? Very, very Fallout-ish in their technology. I, I was shocked how much of this series feels like a lift from Fallout, and nobody mentions it. I have never seen anybody mention how much Fallout this feels. They're using old-style computers. They're using old-style film reels. It's a mix of futuristic technology and old tech, and almost everything is paper. Yeah, dot matrix printers. Yeah, all of, there's no digital files. Every file is is hard copy paper. So they have except to go, for Miss Minutes. Yeah. Um. And the tempads. I mean, there are things on on digital, which is weird, because we do have the the video files of like you know the the one hunter that Sylvie brings back with the the margaritas and and yeah. everything. Um, but that we see her on the tempad. You know, we we see her in the video on the Timba. So, you know, there are some digital files that are saved on there, and there are things that Miss Minutes accesses. But, you know, there are still shelves and everything with the the hard copy stuff. But And even He Who Remains has a dot matrix printer with a script in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, to go back to we get Loki's greatest hits in that first episode. And my favorite moment of that is Loki looking at Ragnarok and seeing that he finally gets that that love and praise from Thor. And you just see these tears run down his face like that that's all he ever wanted. Loki, I thought the world of you. I thought we were going to fight side by side forever. You know, maybe you're not so bad after all, brother. Maybe not. If you're here, I might even give you a hug. I'm here. Yeah, and seeing Odin. I love you, my sons. Remember this place. Home. And we finally get his admission to Mobius that he is not truly a sadist. Mobius confronts him with the eyeball plucking scene in Germany. Back in Avengers 1, yeah. Yeah, and he says, you know, hey, you're enjoying this. Look at that smile on your face. But the thing is, is that Loki is not smiling at the man in pain. Loki is looking at the people reacting to him. The fear, yeah. And I don't even think it's the fear. It's that, you know, it's the Eeyore line. Thanks Thanks for for noticing me. Yeah. It's somebody's paying attention to me. Someone has noticed that I am here and I am doing a thing. We also get a a point here that has a bit of controversy in that we get, we, we, and I know this is a hard thing for you to go through again, Kiki, but we once again go through the murder of Phil Coulson. I don't understand the people who are saying like, oh, this erases it from the timeline or whatever. Now, we never hear uh, Mobius say, oh, he's alive. We said, oh, yeah, you killed him. And it's it's interrogation tactics. The cop who's interrogating you isn't going to tell you, oh, yeah, the guy that you shot lived. Because you're then you're not going to get the information that you want. But well, for so many, so many people, they're saying, oh, since they never mentioned that Colston is alive, 
that must mean Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't in continuity, it doesn't happen, it doesn't count, blah, blah, blah. But you know who else doesn't know Coulson is alive? Like... The Avengers. All of the Avengers, the entire freaking world, like, everybody who doesn't directly work with Coulson at S.H.I.E.L.D.? You know, I mean, seriously, like, as far as everyone in the world knows, except for, like, eight people, Phil Coulson died that day. It's not a lie. I mean, he did kill Coulson. They just kind of brought him back, you know. But as you were saying, we after the breakdown, we get Loki kind of t- uh, pulling down that, that wall in front of him and kind of admitting you know it's all part of the illusion and he he admits that he was projecting you know he accused uh mobius of being a a weak person trying to project a strong front and when mobius kind of asks him later he says, well, I was always a weak person trying to project a strong front. You know, yeah. if people won't love you, you make them fear you because it's better than just being nothing, you know? And I love how that came about because Mobius keeps on digging him. Oh, you like killing people. You like killing people like you killed your mother. And I watched that episode like, oh, he did not go there. And that seems to be the what like in 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 dark world the the death of frigga is what triggers loki like say what you you know he may not he might not have a great relationship with thor he may not have a great relationship with odin but it was frigga that taught him magic so he's the closest to his mother so when you talk about never talk about a man's mama and yeah. that was that 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 is the trigger point but eventually it led to the breakthrough of him going, you know, it's it's a front. You know, I was always weaker than my brother, so let let the world fear me versus not noticing me at all. There is a very interesting um thing, and I'm I'm gonna crib from somebody else's work, and I'm absolutely gonna cite my source here. There is a very cool channel on YouTube. Um called Lottie Talkie, L-O-T-T-I-E. And there's a woman on there, and she mostly right now has up uh, videos about uh, Loki as a TV series. And in there, she talks about Loki's reliance on daggers as opposed to um, his magic and how it goes throughout the, the series and especially in relation to why is classic Loki so much stronger in his magic than, you know, our version of Loki that we see? Mm-hmm. Um, and Sylvie, even. Because the thing about Loki and Sylvie is that they both are kind of like, they use the term magician kind of as an insult. And they're very dependent on fighting um hand to hand and swords and knives mm-hmm. and with sylvie you can kind of understand why her magic would be weaker she taught herself magic yeah she never she was taken at such a young age that she never had frigga there to teach her magic uh, you know or whoever her version of that is yeah um 
I do want to talk about Sylvie for a second because Sylvie herself is three different characters rolled into one for this show because we have the actual Enchantress character from the comics and you have the second Enchantress, which was a protege of Loki called Sylvie Lushton. And of course you have the Lady Loki. So all of those three characters are kind of merged into one with Sylvie here. Yeah. Lady Loki, interestingly, being Loki's, like, spirit. That... Loki's spirit that inhabited the body of Lady Sif. Well, yeah, because they created, yeah, they created a, a new body for Sif's spirit or something like that. Short yeah. version, Ragnarok happened, and after, and everyone died, Avx Guardian died, and they were all going to get reborn into new bodies, and Loki took the one that was going to go to Sif. But, uh, yeah, so they kind of, uh, kind of rolled all those characters together. It, um, simpl it, it simplifies it, and it made Ashley and Sylvia a more interesting character. Yeah. But, um, but she, she did teach her, herself magic, so you can kind of understand why her magic is weaker than, um, the other kind of Lokis that we see. But she um, say... She can also do something that the other Lokis can't do, in that she can enchant. I mean, she doesn't call it magic; she calls it enchantment. She can literally take over the minds of other people, which the other Lokis cannot do. <laughs> sort of. We do actually see the main universe Loki kind of almost do this with the Mind Stone. No. We see him do this in Ragnarok almost. Because he does this to Valkyrie. Not take over her mind, but he goes into her memories. You're a Valkyrie? I thought the Valkyrie had all died gruesome deaths. Choose your next words wisely. I'm terribly sorry. It must be a very painful memory. So it's not exactly enchantment in the way that Sylvie does it. Apparently, he picked up something between the events of the Battle of New York <laughs> and Ragnarok, Ragnarok yeah. that he did, did not have uh, there because he is so fascinated by Sylvie's enchantment powers that he so very easily does to Valkyrie <laughs> in Ragnarok. Yeah, but going back to the, the magic versus daggers thing, the thing is, is that our Loki and, and Sylvie, uh, you know, they they think of their magic as, like, they kind of put it down. You know, it's like, you know, magic, you know, whatever. And they use it as kind of an insult in their first fight together, you know. Um, she calls him, like, oh, so you're just a magician. And he's like, well, yeah, I'll make you disappear then, you know. And you can see that they both look down on magic. When he gets to the, the void and he meets all his other variants and he meets classic Loki, classic Loki has this speech about uh, daggers pulling away from a Loki's magic and how a Loki's magic is the most powerful thing and how he escaped by casting an illusion and, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
And then we see that classic Loki is able to cast these amazing illusions and do all this incredible magic, both during the fight scene in the bowling alley, which gets them out alive, and also in the fight with Elias. He fully recreates Asgard. Yeah. But also, when Loki stops relying on his daggers and he uses his magic during the series, we see him do things we've never seen him do in the MCU. He stops the building from falling down. He pulls uh, Sylvie around with telekinesis during their final fight. He pulls other objects around. He manifests all sorts of weaponry. He shoots out energy bolts. He he enchants Eliath, which he picks up very quickly from Sylvie. He teleports, not just manifests another version of himself, which we've seen him do. He bodily teleports in that final right, yeah. Final fight to put himself between her and, and he who remains. Um, which I don't believe we had ever seen him do in the MCU before. He does all these like really impressive things with his magic that he's never done. The interesting thing is, is that this uh, this YouTuber uh, Lottie Talkie, she has this whole very interesting theory that Loki has basically been using his daggers as like a crutch to hamper his magic because in Asgardian society magic was probably seen as a lesser form of combat like Frigga had magic and maybe other people had magic but if you look at somebody like Thor you know Yes, Thor, you could say, had magic because he calls down lightning and other things like that. But Thor mostly just goes in and smashes the thing with a hammer. You know, <laughs> it's a very Hulk smash kind of combat. But Loki is much more, um, even, even Hiddleston describes his fighting style as very balletic and very kind of yoga and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's less power and more dancing and that Loki was trying to mimic his brother in a way and was hiding that side of himself and like oh that's that's like a a parlor trick I do at you know the feast afterwards to like entertain people and pick up chicks but like on the battlefield I'm a warrior And that maybe if he'd have just been a magician, he would have been unstoppable. Uh, That's possible. Like we see what 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 the classic Loki can do when he's just concentrating just on magic. And the thing is, is that when Loki let himself go in that final fight between him and Sylvie, he did best her in that fight until he dropped his weapon. Like, if he'd have actually been going full at it against her, he until probably well, would have won. But he dropped his guard. 
honestly, and just exposed himself, his books, uh, exposed himself emotionally to Sylvie, and she took advantage of that. Well, I mean, he finally put down his weapon. I mean, he put himself in the way of her weapon, you know, in order to use himself as a as a human shield, you know, uh, against her target. But he also put down his his weapon. Yeah. Um, and everything. But up until that point, he he had her, you yeah. know, because he was using magic and she was using her sword, basically. Yeah. Um, which which I kind of loved um as a as a growth element of of loki and i kind of hope they continue that in the next season mm-hmm. that he he drops that i mean not that they drop the fight scenes or anything but i hope that they kind of pick that up as a as he grows into himself he realizes that that's the legacy that his mother left him mm-hmm. and that he needs to be that guy because in the comics that is what loki is so i don't know i i like that and uh that's a a really fascinating video if you're if you're interested at all in uh a kind of character breakdown of of loki and magic and daggers all right, I, I want to talk a little bit about one particular variant before we get to the next part here, and that is the presidential Loki. We have mentioned him. Presidential Loki was so featured in every commercial for this show, especially when you talk about the original premise of the series, that it was originally going to be Loki going around having adventures and getting into mischief with the, with, with the Space Stone. That a lot of people were wondering, how does this presidential Loki fit into it? And it's one episode. And it's only a few minutes. So that upset me, personally. It's like, you hyped up presidential Loki for months in all of these commercials. And it's one episode, and and, and the character doesn't really do anything. I mean, he gets his hand bit off. And he gets to be a walk-around character at the park because you get to go to Avengers Campus and meet President Loki, but he doesn't—he's he, not really a—he doesn't affect the story, really, other than saying, "Hey, we're a bunch of Lokis and we're all going to fight." Yeah, it's there were two um, moments that were really hyped in the trailers that really were kind of a meh moment. For me in the series. And President Loki was one. And the D.B. Cooper thing was the other. I figured you were going to mention that one. That was the one you were really talking about. When we are talking in private. But yeah. We find out that Loki is D.B. Cooper. And we thought that was going to lead to something really, really big. And it was just a, a gag. Like I lost a bet to Thor. That I could do a thing. And then I did a thing. Well yeah. It wasn't really. It was just like. They they did that scene and it cuts back to Loki going like what I lost a bet to Thor, and end of scene. Yeah, and it's like, why is that even in there? It's possible they filmed that before they figured out what the show was going to be about, and then they had to use it some kind of way. I mean, supposedly, like the the main writer was mad about 
Mad Men, like there was a fan theory about Mad Men that the the main character in Mad Men was going to be revealed at the end to be D.B. Cooper, and then that didn't happen. And so he wanted to, like, shout out that fan theory or whatever. Hmm. But why shout out a fan theory like, oh, I was disappointed that... This fan theory didn't come true in another show, so now I'm going to disappoint the fans of my show <laughs> by having this fan theory go nowhere in my show, too. Like, now you've just disappointed fans of two different shows. <laughs> yeah. I don't get what that's about. Um, but yeah, and I agree with you on the President Loki, because I was also hype about that. Like, I kind of wanted those two Lokis to, you know, do something. And I get that that's a little resource intensive to have an actor play off themselves. I get that by yeah, they... casting, you know, other people to play all the other variants. Come on, you know, you could have had President Loki be the one to find Sylvie, for instance. Yeah, I mean, and I, then Hiddleston. you don't have to have Hiddleston and Hiddleston play off of each other. You could have still had that that Sylvie Loki pairing. It's just a different Loki variant, and they're both in certain ties. So it's it, it, it could have been easy to fool Sylvie over it. You know, oh yeah, I changed when I got here or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a a bit of a letdown, um, and. Some of it, you don't know how much to kind of place the blame on. Did they drop the ball in the writing or was the ball forced out of their hand because of the virus? Yeah, uh, the first the first three shows, I w even the first four shows were affected due to COVID. Um, the production on Loki actually was delayed a year because of COVID. They actually had to they had to cut a lot of the fighting scenes out of WandaVision because of COVID. They had to change the final episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it was going to involve involve a virus. One episode of What If had to get cut from this season because they couldn't finish the animation because of COVID. Yeah, um, you can actually tell, um, interestingly, some of it because weirdly, if you're if you pay close enough attention, uh, you can kind of tell where they were in the filming because of Loki's hair, uh, because unlike some of the productions, uh, they didn't use any wigs in this for Loki. Um, it's just Hiddleston's hair and he dyed it. You can tell that they filmed that scene in the desert that is one of the, the very first scenes was filmed very, very, very early on before the the pandemic hit because his hair hadn't had time to grow out yet. And so Loki goes from 2012, where he's wearing that wig for the Avengers, 
and he goes through the time portal and his hair is very much shorter <laughs> when he lands in the desert. <laughs> so the, the time portal that he goes through gives him quite a few inches of haircut um, and curls his hair a little bit because that's just Hiddleston's natural kind of curl in his hair that was not in the wig. Yeah, so when he ends up in the desert, his hair is dramatically different. But the thing is, when they ended up in quarantine, his hair kind of lengthened a little bit because he just didn't cut it because they were waiting for for filming. Um, and then they dyed it again uh, when they started filming. So it kind of ended up evening out a little bit by the time they filmed most of the series. You can sort of tell in some shots depending on the the length of his hair kind of where they were in the filming process the uh kind of fascinating thing about that is you can sort of tell that the tva was probably meant to be packed full of people yeah and then it ends up being this very empty bizarre place with like four people in it like the the bit where he's you know take a ticket mm-hmm. or or you'll get pruned kind of scene there's two people in the entire line and loki even says there's only two of us here there's artwork of that you know storyboards of that scene in the behind if you look at some of the behind the scenes features and and stuff and there's certain things they've released that was originally supposed to be just like jam-packed full of people and then they changed it to two people in the entire scene and even gave loki a line about it's ridiculous i have to take a number because there's only two of us here because that was as many actors as they were allowed to fit in the space because of COVID. Uh, yeah, I guess we can talk a little. I mean, we've mentioned it in, in when we talked about Spider-Man Homecoming, how this was filmed at the Dragon Con Hotel. Yeah, one of the one of the uh, what's the current number five host hotels of the Dragon Con. Uh, it, yeah, but but the Atlanta Marriott Marquis. Um, which Marvel loves to use because it's got very interesting architecture. Um, and we talked about it, like you said, in the homecoming episode, the, um, the famous, uh, what, what we've nicknamed the dragon spine, that elevator shaft there is, uh, now the elevator shaft of the TVA. And there was a lot of, uh, pictures this year of Dragon Con of people as TVA agents, as variants, as walking around. That hotel is TVA. Yeah, because um, yeah, if you're if you're ever in that hotel, it's a especially during Dragon Con, it's a it's a great place to get uh, Loki slash TVA themed pictures because it's I mean it's there. The only thing that's not there is the um, you know the the statues of the Timekeepers or Kang or whatever. But yeah, you can you can uh, you can generally kind of. Uh, maneuver your camera to a point where it pretty much does look like you're just in the TVA yeah. if you if you film it right. Now that you've mentioned the timekeepers, I get that it was all supposed to be a ruse, but am I the only one that was um confused of the audio mixing of the of the timekeepers' voices? 
because I couldn't understand a single thing they were talking. I had to put, turn on the subtitles. Yeah, just... you you really have to use the captions in that. They were trying so hard to uh, make sure that you didn't uh, clue in that it was Jonathan Major's voice that they overdid it in the mix. I think they gave some uh, some echoing and they pitched it down and they had him talking a really voice, and it's just it, it's unintelligible I yeah can't. one of them is i think his best zoidberg impression <laughs> i think is is one of them but yeah he he was already doing like voices and then they went on top of it and added effects yeah once they kind of did it you really do need to have the captions on i think to understand any of it and now that we've mentioned him uh jonathan majors about a year before this Loki show came out, was announced that he would be playing King the Conqueror in Ant-Man and the Wasp's Quantumania. Lo and behold, when we finally get to the end of time, who do we see but Jonathan Majors as He Who Remains and the internet blew up talking about King the Conqueror. Well, and fortunately, they didn't really try to hide it. Uh, you know, he, they they ask him, like, what's your name? And he's like, I've been called by so many names. Some people call me this. Some people call me that. Some people call me a conqueror. So, I mean, they've already kind of just been like, yeah, it's Kang. We're, we, we're not, we're not going to dance around it. It's Kang. There's a, a, a nerdy fan, a nerdy music group, Ookla the Mock, who a few years ago did a song called King the Conqueror. The day this episode aired, like, they got one million percent increase in listens to that song. Everybody's King the Conqueror. Spider-Man, Iron Man, Ant-Man, and Amy Man, too. Policeman, the pizza man, your mailman, and even me and you. Yeah, our our uh, our good friend Insane Ian did uh, his wonderful song Kang. You know, you even see the statues of the the fake timekeepers replaced by just a statue of Kang at the end of it. So, um, you know, very curious. So we know that there are variants of Kang in the multiverse now, and one of them is going to show up in Ant Man and the Wasp. Maybe more than one. Who knows? Maybe more than one. And I mean, there's also rumors that uh, Modok might be showing up in that movie too. I'm, that would be fun. Um, I loved that little Modoc series they did for Hulu yeah. with Patton Oswalt. Who knows with uh, Multiverse of Madness if he might pop into that. We don't really yeah. know too much about that movie yet. Yeah. Um, this is definitely meant to set up for that as well. I mean, yeah, um, the ending here where Sylvie kills He Who Remains and causes the multiverse to exist... 
And of course, a few weeks later, we go straight into What If, which is all about the multiverse. And then after that, we get to Spider-Man, which deals with multiverse stuff. And yeah. then we're going into Doctor Strange, which is also dealing with multiverse stuff. Yeah, so I mean, it's it, it's interesting how much of a linchpin Loki has been. You know, we we talk about how Tony Stark really started everything and has continued to be a linchpin, but Loki himself has also continued to be the linchpin because the Battle of New York continues to be you know, as we talked about in our Spider-Man episodes leading up to how how much of that continues to resonate in the MCU, um, you know, causing, like, the vulture, mm. you know, in, in the Spider-Man, you know, stuff, and causing... Um, now Bishop. Bishop in yeah. in Hawkeye, uh, it being you know her motivation and everything, and now because of the events at the end of the Battle of New York in this alternate timeline, causing Loki to escape and end up at the TVA and meeting up with Sylvie, and causing the death of He Who Remains. And now fracturing the multiverse. And now, you know, that whatever that's going to cause. Kang has planned this whole thing out. In that no matter what happened in that moment, he would win. Because. I mean, that is your Xanatos Gambit right there. Yeah. He set it up that the two Lokis, Loki and Sylvie, end up right in front of him. And he gives him the choice. You can either take my spot because he even says it. He is still mortal. He's not, you know, he, he will age and he will die, even though he's lived eons and restarting the timeline. He will eventually age and he will eventually die. And he's given Sylvie and Loki the opportunity to take over the sacred timeline and rule the timeline as they see fit, essentially continuing his plan. So he wins. Or... You could kill him, which starts the multiversal war all over again, which in which would have his that particular variant rise again, do everything else he said he he did prior all over again, and they'll end up right in the same place that they started. So either way, Kang wins. Yeah, and the interesting thing is is that while they don't explicitly say it in the show. He has been running this loop for how long? Because we could, yeah. what we're not quite being told here, but you kind of have to, you know, piece it together from what we're given, is that the reason all these variants exist, the dogma of the TVA says that the timekeepers are dictating the proper flow of time and they're figuring out the utopia at the end of the universe. But what's really happening is he who remains is replaying these little loops to try to find the best outcome. And that's how you get these variants. Is that it's, well, let's try it with boastful Loki. 
Nope. He ended up getting hold of the the gauntlet, and I didn't like how that story played out. Take that timeline, reset, different Loki. Nope, classic Loki, that worked, but then he got lonely and he wanted to go back to, nope, eh, kid Loki, nope, he killed Thor too early. Nope, reset. No, that one's a girl. I don't like that one. No, come back, you know, and played over and over and over and over. And so it's basically just him rewatching Marvel movies over and over and over again with slight variations until he, he likes the story. He's he's replaying a video game and restarting the save file over and over again until he gets the 100% perfect ending. Basically, yeah. He's finally refined it enough that he's like, okay, this character run, you know, this Steve Rogers and that Tony Stark and that you know, variant of Loki and that, you know, whatever. That one tends to come out with the best outcome. That's the one he replays most often. The interesting thing is, is that Sylvie says, I was pruned before you ever existed. And the interesting thing is, is that the Loki we see by the time of the Battle of New York, he has existed on his timeline for over a thousand years. Mm -hmm. But we don't know how many millions and billions of eons the timeline has been reset over and over and over again until we get to that point. Exactly. And so we don't know how long Sylvie has been running from the TVA. And at one point, Loki even says, I don't know how long it's been since New York. I have it, no idea how long I've been in this situation. Well, time doesn't really move anywhere in the TVA. And he's also jumping from time point to time point. Yeah. And we know that Mobius and Renslayer have considered themselves friends for eons, that they've been doing this job for longer than we can comprehend. And yet, they were taken from the timeline. Yeah, we find that out that everyone who works at the TVA is a variant. But they were taken from the timeline, you know, she was taken, Renslayer was taken from the timeline in like 2018. Because we see at the end that she's a principal at a school in 2018. Mm -hmm. Her variant. So that means some version of 2018 has been run long enough for her to have been pulled from it and then worked for the TVA for eons. Long enough that she worked her way up from just a Minuteman to the head judge. She pulled Sylvie when she was a Minuteman, and then she made her way up to Judge. There have been theories that Mobius was taken at some point in the 1980s because he's drinking a tab. Uh, yeah, and a Josta or something. Also, he's talking about jet skis, and he mentions that they were popular in the 80s. Josta Soda is from the, the 90s. So yeah, with the Josta drink, the jet skis, tab. So yeah, that's the fan theories. He's 80s, 90s, 
somewhere around there. The interesting thing is, is that it's been looping the entire flow of time, or at least the parts maybe that Kang is interested in. Because we see when we get to the end of time, we see we see Kang's fortress. We see the the entire timeline circling completely around his fortress. Yeah. He's been looping the whole thing, trying to figure out the way it works out best. I I don't know what best means to him, though, of course. But the interesting thing is, is that he seems not to have been waiting for Loki and Sylvie. But he did lay out a a path. And they've compared it to, like, Willy Wonka. He was waiting for a successor. He didn't expect it to be two versions of the same person. There's a lot of debate on if they are the same person. Sylvie specifically says over and over again that she hates being called a Loki. So, Um, is she truly a Loki? Is she not a Loki? Maybe she is someone named Loki, but not necessarily that Loki. Is this Sylvie even a frost giant? I mean, we don't know if any of them are. We never actually get told. We know that she's adopted because he says something about adopted. And then he says like, oh, I'm sorry, is that a spoiler? And she's like, yeah, they always told me I was adopted. And he's like, really? Didn't didn't tell me. me. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it seems that she had a, a better better you know relationship with her adopted parents whoever they may have been we never even get confirmation that it was odin and Frigga. we know she lived in asgard we know that her hair was originally black and that she dyed it blonde we see both kid loki and classic loki use illusion magic i i don't know it's it's kind of fascinating that he is completely like he immediately recognizes her enchantment when he sees it in the rocks cart scenario he mm-hmm. understands that he's not talking to the variant if the variant themselves but an enchanted person that the variant is using so he he recognizes that that thing but he immediately recognizes the variant as a version of himself and in fact the only one that he doesn't immediately recognize as a version of himself is the alligator why is there an alligator here despite the fact that it's wearing horns (laughs) which is kind of funny i think it's interesting that he is completely nonplussed by all the variants that are kind of floated in front of him in the TVA as well, because they say that Loki's form Nexus events almost more than any other variant. We're not told that Loki's are the most common variant necessarily, but it's pretty close. And yeah, they and all, all of these Lokis are Tom Hiddleston in different costumes. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's 
it's assumed that the that, that Tom Hiddleston that most of these Loki variants look like Tom Hiddleston. And the the I think the only reason that that the, the ones in the void probably don't is just the time and money. The thing is, is that I wasn't even sure that the army that President Loki is leading were all supposed to be Lokis until I was watching a behind-the-scenes thing, and they confirmed that they were supposed to be all Loki variants. Um, yeah. So apparently that entire army is supposed to be Loki variants. But yeah. And it's... And all of... Uh, every single one of these Loki variants are just waiting for that one moment to turn on the other Lokis. Like, you know, we see boastful Loki saying, hey, you promised me your army and that I could rule. About that. I'm going to rule. About that. I'm going to rule. About that. Yeah. I'm going to rule. The thing is, though, is that that's what kind of breaks classic Loki, which I kind of like, is that classic Loki is like, we're we're all broken and we're not allowed to change and the second any of us wants to change we're brought here and dumped that i think is such a such a running thread in this is that we also hear that from mobius as well is that mobius says in the in the little time cell with Sif when he finally comes to pick up Loki is that like you can change you can be something different I like that in that Mobius it's the first time Mobius finally shakes off part of that dogma and it really is likened to a religion you know Mobius says like how is how is me believing in the TVA any different than you believing in Odin and Thor and you know like you all believe your gods you know? Finally, Mobius kind of comes to him and says, "You you could be a good guy if you wanted." Sylvie becomes the only Loki who can't really change as as far as the one we follow. You know, President Loki and, and the, the kind of army there aside, the ones we really follow, you know, Kid Loki does kind of want to change. You know, classic Loki sacrifices himself for the, the good of the team. You know, he makes the sacrifice play. It's the Tony Stark thing. Mm -hmm. Even even kind of alligator Loki is like, no, 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 I'm I'm fighting on the side of good here and take it out your hand you know it's like sylvie ends up being kind of the the sad bit there is that she's the one who can't change and a lot of that is trauma you know she's been chased by essentially she's been chased by the cops her whole life for nothing doing nothing wrong other than living her life and when she finds the the man in charge she can't help it. She has to end it. Rather than saying, hey, we could, we could, you know, stop this right now. We'll take control. We'll be in charge of our own destiny. And Sylvie gets just so blinded by her own need for revenge that she just turns on Loki. You know, you want a throne. You've always wanted a throne. And 
you know, kicks him kicks him back into the TVA and kills Kang. Which, as I've said before, Kang still wins because now the multiverse war can starts all over again and he his rise to power starts all over again. Yeah, I gonna say though is that it's it's such a kind of heartbreaking moment on so many levels because Loki does kind of point out like I know exactly what you're going through and he does he he knows that pain of I have fi- I finally have a chance to strike out at the person who hurt me most. I finally have the ability to cause pain in the same way I was caused pain. And he knows exactly where that leads. And he sees at the moment that the only thing that matters is not the revenge, but it's making sure that 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 person that was hurt is actually okay and taken care of. And the interesting thing is apparently that line that he says to her at the end of I, I just I just want to make sure that you're okay was apparently Hiddleston's line that apparently he wrote that line uh which is just kind of devastating um i think that that's the the full crux of it is that she had her own idea of what might heal her but we do kind of see her in that moment right after she strikes and the problem is is that she's all alone there all alone at the end of time yeah it's also you know she had her plan for the whole series i'm going to find the timekeepers i'm going to kill them and then she finds out well the timekeepers aren't real well i'm going to find out who made the timekeepers and i'm going to kill him then it turns out to be kang and then she even presented with the new information that, okay, you could kill me or you could take control of the timeline and do it as you see fit. She could have easily, you know, let that go, but she couldn't. She couldn't let that go. She had to hurt the person that hurt her. And uh, as you said, as she did it, right after she did it, that look on her face, it's like, you know, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't erase the pain that she felt for her entire life well we're also overlooking that there is a third option presented to them miss minutes comes to them right before they meet kang and she says he's got an offer for you yeah walk says, away walk and away go back to yeah. the timeline we can rewrite the timeline any way you want it's a very malleable thing what what do you two want? We can even rewrite it so that you two can live out full lives together on the same timeline. Which also, I think, proves that they're not the same person. 
they even they even tell Sylvie, you want all that pain gone? We can give you an entirely new backstory. You can wake up tomorrow with a head full of happy memories and just go on with your life. Rewrite your past and your future. You just know, walk away, yeah. Yeah. Loki, you want a throne? You want to kill the Avengers? You want to rule Asgard? You want to rule the entire universe? You want the Infinity Done. Gauntlet? Yeah, you got it. Done. You want to rule the universe together? We don't care. We we can make it happen. We'll we'll give it to you. And honestly, I think that that's an an actual proposal. I don't think that that's a lie. I think Kang's willing to see where that goes. And if it doesn't, he'll just reset the timeline again, and we'll be right back to where we started. Well, yeah, but uh, but also I think he's willing to let that play out to the end. I don't think that 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 it's going to be a thing where where he's like, eh, and then I'll prune you tomorrow. Like I don't really think that that was his play. I think he's willing to just be like, I'm I'm willing to let that timeline play out until they're dead, because I can I can I can always just loop it. Yeah. I think that's the thing that nobody else really knows except for him and maybe Miss Minutes, you know, it's that like, I don't really have to, I don't think the red line is really a thing. I think that's there to make the, the time cops like do their jobs faster. I don't really think that that's like such a, a hard line, you know? I think she she was too consumed. I think that she's the the real tragic case. And I think that Loki was the one who got all the growth. I'm not willing to say that he's a hero by the end of the series necessarily, but he definitely has grown into a normal person. A complete person. I suppose, like, you know, not entirely good, not entirely evil, just kind of a normal person. He grew differently than main universe Loki and got to not necessarily the same place, but maybe a better place. Yeah, I think he's kind of uh, uh, more more well-rounded than the original timeline Loki ever got to be. Because even with the original timeline Loki, yes, he got that growth. Yes, he got that love from his father and brother. But he just couldn't help himself and then steal that Tesseract, which got Thanos on his case. Which was why he died in the first place. Yeah. I I think it's kind of cool that um, we we do have the the thing of... We have that lovely moment in Kintsugi Castle. I don't know what they call it, but that's what I call it. Because it's such a beautiful design. Probably the best design thing in the whole series. You know, they're standing there. And I do think that there's that moment of of honesty from Loki. Is I don't think that he is in it for a throne. I don't think he wants to rule in that moment. 
I don't think he's even really considering taking over the TVA. I think he sees how lonely that job is. I don't think he wants to be Kang. But I think he wants to consider his options. I think he wants to know more about what's going on. And I also think it's it's Sylvie. I mean, it is teased that he has affections for Sylvie. But I also think he wants to make sure, like, he, he was being legitimately honest he wants to make sure that sylvie is okay that and there and whatever decision that will be the best for sylvie is going to be the decision he would have made and that's whole thing that's another ball of wax that people have talked about about self-cessed or whatever you want to go around with that yeah and the thing is is that there is that moment of connection and you can go back and forth over whether or not it's romantic love or deep connection. I mean, there is that moment where she does kiss him. But I think it's more to keep him keep his guard down more than anything because he just kicks her kicks him right into that into that door back to the TVA afterwards. Yeah. And, and I think once again, I'm I'm not even sure they're the same person. So it's like who even cares? That's even that's for season two to, to to decide. Yeah, but it's more of a point of recognizing a a kindred spirit on a similar journey uh, more than anything else. But I also think it's a we're still so very much unable to tell stories that have a man and a woman without being like and now they kiss <laughs> yeah um however you want to read that is however you want to read that it's fine i don't actually care the point is is that he is caring for another being which is good and he's you not know. doing he's not doing something out of selfishness which yeah. say which will main universe loki even if he's doing something good He's still doing it for selfish reasons. Yeah. Um, all, although, um, Tom Hiddleston does say that uh, in his mind, um, main universe Loki's last thought before his death was, at least I saved my brother. Which which I think is, is a very important thing that I, I do not want to downplay. That that, at least, was an unselfish act. I do think, though, uh, to, to finish my, my kind of earlier point, is that I don't think that Sylvie's accusation is correct. I do think that Loki just wanted all the facts before he acted. I do think that, for once, he wanted a plan. The entire series, she's kind of saying, that's not a plan, that's just doing a thing. Your plan has to have steps, you know? And I think for once, he wanted to say, like, don't do a thing, have a plan. You know, right now your plan is just stab him, and then what? Like, have another step to this plan, Sylvie. Yeah. What comes after stab him? 
because we need to know what happens after he's dead. You know, what happens? Is he correct? Is he lying to us? Is the timeline going to be okay? Or is there going to be 500 of this guy, but now he wants to kill us? Because those are two very different things, and I want to know which one I'm facing. Which I think is fair. Mm -hmm. And she's too blinded to see, and I think now we know the answer, you know, as the audience. Mm-hmm. is that she has broken something very important um, when all he was asking her to do was just wait a minute and ask the right question. So, and as all of this stuff is happening, we get Renslayer, whose entire worldview just got shattered. Like, she's, for you know, she finds out that she's a variant. She finds out that the people that she has been working for is a lie and there is someone even higher on the food chain and who rather, she never meets who she never meets yeah. but her both her and mobius who uh, as you as we find in as we said already these two who have been friends for eons take two completely different routes once presented with this new information with Mobius, he's like, okay, let's find out who we were. Let's find out what's going on. And with Renslayer, it's the only person who gets to make their own decisions. The only person who gets a choice in the life that they live is the guy on top. And I'm going to find out who the guy on top is. And then she leaves. No, that's not what she says. Go ahead. What she says is... I'm going in search of free will. But she says before that, the only person who gets free will is the person in charge. So if the only person who gets free will is the person in charge, and you're going in search of free will, you want to be the person in charge. Maybe she's... I I think that that's what she's going to do. I I think that Loki's not the one who wants the throne... I think Renslayer wants a throne. You're, I don't think you're wrong. And I mean, again, we'll figure that when, we'll, whenever season two happens, we'll pop, we'll pick that back up. But because of Sylvie's actions, the timeline resets. Renslayer is not in the TVA when time resets. Well, the interesting thing is, is that Renslayer in the, the comics is. Like In, the, involved with with Kang, yeah, she's like the girlfriend of Kang. Um, so it will be interesting if we come back in season two and she is like the paramour of one of the more, you know, hideous versions of of uh, Kang. But she also did take over for Kang in one of the one of the the comics, I believe. There, there might be a, a like a variant version of her where you know they go looking for for Kang, and instead they find that she's like murdered him and taken over. Yeah. So that that 
might be interesting to come up to against a version of her where she's like fully in her power because she's been serving for eons in the TVA. Yeah, my, my, my point is, you know, once Sylvie kills Kang, time resets. Renslayer is not in the TVA when time resets. And Loki goes in there right as time resets. And now since time reset, nobody knows who Loki is. Mobius is, oh, are you an agent? What's your number? Who are you? What are you talking about? You're saying all these variants are coming. What's going on? Also, as a multiverse explosion is happening, and they don't know what to do, and they're saying, you know, what does he want us to do? What does he want us to do? Not what do they want us to do? And then we get the reveal that the statue of the timekeepers have been replaced with a statue of King the Conqueror, he who remains. Meaning that in this new timeline, it's Kang that leads the TVA. It's it's kind of interesting that uh, if he's leading the TVA, does he have access to, you know, Kintsugi Castle at the end of time? Like, did, did she kill one variant and then a worse variant just walked in and was like okay now i'm taking you prisoner you know yeah is sylvie in trouble like just moments after we (laughs) we see her uh last um we don't know The, the kind of only complaint anybody really had about this series is that we were kind of it it did make it seem like we were going to get a series and instead we got kind of like a teaser for the next phase of the MCU. And the thing is, is that I, I like this series. I do. And even, you know, I've now watched it fully through at least two times with uh, bits of, of various episodes more than that. If if there is a downside to this series is that we do not really get a full arc for anything. The best we get is a full arc maybe for Sylvie. Because you could technically end Sylvie's story there. We could be done with her character if we had to be. You know, she was... Somebody who came into Loki's life, taught him to care for another person, ultimately, unfortunately, betrayed him and didn't learn her lesson, but did teach him one. You know, she could come back, yes, of course, but if we had to leave her there, we could. But everybody else is kind of just left in limbo. Um, We do get a lot of character growth for Loki, but we don't really get a full story for anybody. We just kind of get a setup. Really, again, that's probably because we have to get to the multiverse stuff first. And it's like, that was a lot of the big things involving a lot of these movies. It's like, well, we're not really at the point where we can have full theaters yet, but these movies need to come out in order for the TV shows to come out. 
yeah, and, stuff. and and that's the problem is is that we can't get back to finding out what happens to Loki until we get Multiverse of Madness and Quantum Mania and whatever the hell else they were setting up for. Yeah. And we don't exactly know what all they were setting up for, to be honest. And they could still change it. Maybe the original plan changed because of COVID or because they, they thought of something else in the, and since they started these shows. Who knows? And to be honest, we've got, like, right now, Ant-Man and the Wasp is set for 2023. Yeah, July 28th, 2023 is the current release date for yeah, that. Yeah, and and that was and that and that's after it got moved twice. Yeah, and um I forget what the current Multiverse of Madness is. It was going to be released in March. They have since moved it to May. I I mean, which is, you know, better. As for season two, um, they've kind of said, you know, Loki will return in season two, but they haven't really said exactly when they're going to start filming. Supposedly it's starting, it's going to start filming at some point uh, next month. We don't know when. Yeah, that's what I had kind of, you know, heard. Uh, they they do film in Atlanta, and you know, I have friends who work in the area, and so I kind of hear when things start filming and stuff. So I had heard that they were starting to maybe gear up for that, but you know, now as as we're recording this. You know, they're talking about are are things going to have to shut down again? Are they going to start restricting travel from certain places? And, you know, a lot of the cast for this is international. And it might take a while to fly people in if they have to go through extra quarantine steps. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's considerations, uh, you know, it's interesting that if they're going to start filming this, but the series that actually, ha- I mean, the movie that is actually having them fight Kang the Conqueror isn't coming out until July of 2023. But you also, know? you're also talking that we have hundreds of Kang variants and even in the comics, Kang has been killed several times, but he keeps coming back because there are so many variants of him in the timeline. It's true. Uh, you know. of, I mean, we can take have one variant in Loki, one variant in Quantumania, and another variant in Doctor Strange, and another variant in whatever's coming after all of that. I'm just saying that, you know, we had... Two movies where they fought Thanos. Two movies where Loki was technically the antagonist, the primary antagonist. And after that, 
even Tom Hiddleston said, I cannot play the antagonist anymore because people will be sick of it. Um, if you if you bring Loki back, it has to be something different, which is why in Thor the Dark World, it's a team up. And they tried to kill him off unsuccessfully. And I, you know, I gar- I guarantee you Kang is not going to be as popular or compelling a character as as Loki. Which is no offense to, you know, Jonathan Majors, who is awesome. But, you know, there's there's gotta be some some, you know, no pun intended variation in your in your bad guys here. I mean, he could not even be King might not be the main bad guy of Quantumania. As uh, as kind of the rumors are, it could just be Modoc. And you think it might be just one of the the variants as his original, like they just meet his original scientist self? Possible. Yeah, I mean it it might be. Um I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean, it, like Thanos. Thanos was always in the background for the entirety of phase two and and most of phase three. So we could easily have Kang be in the background, only appearing in like the post credit scenes, looking at what's going on. Well, yeah, it did take 10 years for, for Thanos, Thanos to get to up a chair show up and uh, do anything. And the thing about Kang is if it's very interesting that they're using him ne- that. They could use him now because Kang was always tied to the Fantastic Four because Kang's real name is uh, Franklin Richards, as in Reed Richards. Supposedly, you know, they this is in the comedy. He is a descendant of Reed Richards and Doctor Doom. Well, so, the interesting thing is some people are wondering if because they haven't really introduced reed richards or dr doom because of the they haven't merged you know the fox stuff the previously owned fox stuff um into the mcu yet um if that they might change that into kang in the mcu being a descendant of tony stark instead possible Uh, which would be interesting I mean, they changed the origin of Ego, the Living Planet, for the movies. So I, I think uh, that wherever they're, I mean, wherever they're going with it, I'm gonna be watching because we we've already kind of established my make mine Marvel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am I am definitely make mine Marvel, ride or die. But um, the interesting thing is, is I'm going to to say that uh already this this show has been kind of really well received by the fan base like you know not not to just a couple of weeks ago before we were recording this uh this thing cleaned up at the people's choice awards mm-hmm. um including tom hiddleston think, winning best actor uh yeah, male TV star of uh 2021. Loki's been around a lot longer than I have, and I'm aware that uh, as surely and I know anything, uh, I'm only a temporary torchbearer for Loki, but it is a joy and an honor. 
the only reason I am allowed to play this character and to continue to play him is because of the affection in which he's held by you. In our story, Loki found his glorious purpose devoid of meaning, and this means a great deal to me. Thank you so much. This thing kind of proves that you never kind of know where characters are going to go, which is both the in-universe narrative of the show and also kind of the, the meta real-life narrative of the show. Yeah, they could have easily ignored the fans' popularity of Loki and kept him as a straight villain like he's been in the comics or straight up killed him when they originally wanted to. But due to the fan demand of Loki, here he is with his own show. Here he is seen as an uh, anti-hero, or, or if you want to go in that direction, and one of the most popular characters in the MCU. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's kind of fascinating the things that have been done with the character, and I think also just because they ended up with the the exact right actor for for the character. I think if they'd ended up with a different actor, it wouldn't have worked out the way it did. Um, but Tom Hiddleston, bless him, is just kind of up for anything. And I think at this point, we're seeing that original run of MCU actors have kind of gone like, okay, we're, you know, what, 10-something years into most of this stuff. Most of them are like, we're kind of ready to pass the torch on to whoever comes next and let it evolve into whatever it's going to evolve into. And we'll come back for a cameo or whatever. And you go off and you do your own thing and we'll collect our residuals and move on to the next phase of our careers. Then there's Tom Hiddleston who's like, you know what? Occasionally Loki is just going to summon me and I'm going to show up and do whatever the hell I'm going to do until I actually die. And then Disney is going to stuff my body and do whatever they're going to do. <laughs> with that and that's going to be okay too I think um and he's kind of the only only one of the gang that I think is just like you know what this is this is going to be me forever and I'm kind of okay with that yeah and I'm happy for that if he as long as he wants to play the character let him play the character I mean, He's also the only one, I think, you know, everybody else is kind of, that's, that's fun, and that's a thing that I do on a soundstage with, that's, you know, and then it's like, Feige just goes, you know what, I think we want Loki to just show up at Comic-Con and like yell at a bunch of fangirls and they're just like show up in costume and and Hiddleston's like yeah okay 
<laughs> like apparently the other end of that was he walked off of stage and and there was like Chris Evans was backstage at Hall H and he just looked at Hiddleston still standing in costume and was like really dude <laughs> in costume <laughs> and he's like yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> which i'm i kind of i kind of like you know it's like that's it's it's fun and it's sort of in keeping with the tone yeah you know you you want that you want that in an actor you want that to be like there's a sort of weird blurred line there where you you read a lot of comments on on YouTube videos and stuff, and some people are like, we're not sure anymore if there's an actor named Tom Hiddleston who's playing, like, the god of mischief, or if just, like, Loki, the actual god of mischief, just has taken on a guise of an actor and is just playing himself in movies now <laughs> because it's it's a little too bizarre at this point but either way it's fun and i'm kind of glad we've ended up with this this strange little universe we're in where they're just going to keep doing this as long as the the audience is into it i think as long as the audiences keep keep on paying that subscription to Disney Plus, there's going to be more. You know what? I am I am super duper down for it. I will I will keep paying my subscription to Disney Plus if they keep giving me stuff like Loki. I am kind of glad that everybody said they wanted us to talk about this because I wanted to talk about it, frankly. Yeah. And it's it's been a a fun ride being forced to. You know, like, oh no, don't make, don't twist my arm and make me watch this series again. How dare you? So, I don't even think I need to ask the question. I think it's pretty obvious that Loki definitely has the magic, don't you think? Well, yeah, I mean, according to everyone we asked, this is the only thing they want to talk about. So, yeah, I mean, apparently it has the magic for everyone we talked to. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's move on to next week. First episode of 2022. And we are going to be talking about a movie that surprised me. And you really, really like this one coming out of uh, 2021. That would be Cruella. Yeah, we're going to go from kind of the most beloved thing of 2021 to one of the more controversial things to uh, start our new year yeah and we'll get more into it next week but yeah this one definitely had a lot of people questioning this not only the the, questioning the movie's existence in more ways than one yeah so so let's uh let's get into that next week as we ring in the new year with yet another villain going on a strange kind of turnaround all because disney couldn't get the rights to wicked 
I that is my honest opinion. <laughs> so we'll come back next week to talk about Cruella. Uh, from all of us here at the podcast, we want to wish all of you a happy new year and come back and in we've been doing this for two years now and we'll keep on going as long as uh you are willing to listen. We're doing this because of you guys. Thank you very much. Have a happy and safe new year, and we will talk to all of you in 2022. For all time. Always. Bye. Bye. Happy New Year. I'm JP Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as Disney catalog fans, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are Rewatching the Magic.